Hello and welcome to Tap to Craft, an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce and joining me tonight is my co-host and drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, the entire family has been sick basically since the time we last recorded. Oh, no. A series of colds and viral throat infections, and I've gotten none of it, and I'm I'm attributing it to beer. You okay, know? good. Let's keep me healthy. Yeah, yeah. Beer, beer will do it for you. But you know what? Right around, well, I guess it was a little bit later. It was like it was about a month month from now when you had our we when you went and visited me here last September, right? And the same thing. Your family was all sick. The week before you came, and then you came, and then you brought it with you. So hopefully it's just not delayed. Yeah, that was an entirely different nasty kind of sick, and okay. that, that has not reared its head. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I hope the family gets well soon, John. But uh, tonight, you and I, we're going to bring, uh, in episode 28, we're going to bring a little craft beer news to our listeners, and also we're going to go over some listener questions. But before we get into that, John, are you drinking something tonight? I am. Uh, I gotta, you know, stay healthy. So I'm. I'm drinking the Elysian Omen, mm-hmm. uh, Belgian style raspberry stout, which is very delicious. Oh yeah. Uh, the raspberry is really big. Uh, I don't get a lot of Belgian character, but I'm sure it's kind of wrapped up in the fruitiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm just really enjoying this beer so far. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that was one of their special 12 beers of something. They had a series where they did the 12 beers of the apocalypse, something like that, that series a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first had it, and it was very good back then. So I'm glad to see that they decided to go ahead and make that a beer they bring back every so often because uh, it is tasty. Sounds good. Well, you know what? I am also drinking something, and I am drinking something that is uh, is strange for me because I don't feel that it's really in season yet. But hey, you know what? I enjoy this style of beer, so why not drink it a little early? And that is an Oktoberfest, one by Sierra Nevada. It's their 2015 Oktoberfest beer, Martzen, which actually it's a collaboration this year that they are doing with a German brewery called what? The Brohas Regili? <laughs> I can't even say that. What is that? Reg- uh, I don't know. Maybe Reg- just Regili? Regal? Regal? <laughs> it's, it's spelled kind of funky. I don't know. I, you know what? I need to take German. If I'm going to drink German beers, I need to be able to speak German. So I, I think I need to take up some some uh, some language uh, classes yeah, here. Yeah, we're just about to do a whole episode in German. Oh yeah, See how that goes. Yeah, that it won't go. It won't go well. But <laughs> we we have a hard enough time speaking English. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. But uh, this beer is uh, is pretty good. It's a, a standard Martin style uh, lager, uh, but it's got some really good malt flavor in it, and it's not it's not too sweet. It's got a good uh, finish to it. Have you had this one yet, John? This this Oktoberfest. So I was excited when I saw you put this and down that you were drinking it uh, because I literally almost picked it up today uh, but I just bought two days prior a Sierra Nevada uh, like variety oh, pack yeah yeah, and so I, was like, ah, I just got a bunch of beer and Sierra Nevada beer 
Uh, I guess I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> so now I know I need to go back out and get it. So. Okay. Yeah. One thing to note is that on the bottle it says it's a one time only. This is like the only time this beer is going to be available, at least until it runs out uh, of stock. So go go grab something before it's all gone. It's it's pretty good. I I like it. It's it's got a little bit of a I don't know. Not I won't say bitter finish, but it's a little bit uh, you know more bitter than what you'd expect from uh from a normal uh, martzen lager it's but but it's, it's refreshing and, and very tasty i'm gonna go pick up i bought one beer just to try it out i think i'm gonna go buy a six pack now I, i'm really enjoying it but uh, but this is not the only beer style that's kind of you know a little bit early uh also pumpkin beers are out on the rack on the shelves right now uh, in my opinion maybe a month a uh, month and a half early but, hey, if you enjoy pumpkin ales, why not be able to enjoy it, you know, a month early? And my wife and I, we went to go pick up some beers, and she saw that her favorite pumpkin beer from Elysian Brewing called the uh, the Night Owl. And she said, hey, honey, it's a 22-ounce bottle, of course. She says, hey, uh, if I get this, will you help me drink it? And I said, yeah, honey, I'll help you drink it, thinking that she was, she was actually going to, you know, try to drink most of it. But... Right now, she can't drink beer, so uh, it's really hard for her to, to drink more than a few sips. And sure enough, she drank about two ounces, and I had to drink 20 ounces of this Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. Uh, not my favorite, but uh, it's what you do for your loved ones. Yeah, I, I like the Night Owl um, in terms of the Allegiant Standard offerings, but mm-hmm. uh, pumpkin offerings. Yeah, I prefer their their stouts that they have. They have the Dark Moon, I think it's called, and they have one more stout one that's pretty good. The, the stouts, I, I like the the darker beers with the pumpkin uh, uh, hint into it. The lighter ales. Maybe maybe I'm mixing up Night Owl with something else then. I thought Night Owl was a dark one. No, no, this the the Night Owl is a lighter one. It has a a very light uh, honey honey coloring to it. Uh, it's it's very much to me th- this this year's batch tastes a little bit uh, less pumpkiny, which is okay. I don't mind having less spices in it, uh, but it the beer it, it it's got more of a beer flavor to me than it did last year, and uh, it's okay. I don't mind drinking it. It's just it's a little even that much spices that it has in it with that lighter ale just doesn't set well with my palate. I I would prefer to have a, a good um, heavy mouthfeel, you know, full-bodied, dark porter or stout with those pumpkin spices. I that just seems to, you know, make me enjoy it more when I have uh, pumpkin spices in that style of beer. But, yeah, it sounds like I had it mixed up then with yeah. their stout standard stout one. Yeah, yeah, dark of the moon. Yeah, dark of the, yeah, I think it's dark of the moon. Yeah, that that one's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I, I enjoy that one. They also have the pumpkin chino. Which is another uh, yeah. spicy one. That one's not too bad, but it's a little sweeter than I like. Uh, so I don't like to drink that one at all. But, but yeah. So I already have my first pumpkin beer and my first Oktoberfest in August. It's amazing. It's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's say Oktoberfest comes of age in terms of the seasons before the uh, the pumpkin beers. So you're not too far out. Okay. Oktoberfest is actually in September. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we're right on track. All right. Well, you know, since we're talking about beer, John, 
Is there anything that you drank since our last show that you want to talk to me and talk to our listeners about, about something noteworthy or something that you might recommend for, for our listeners? Yeah, so I, I've got a couple that I'll mention. And uh, the first one is an uh, Avery Brewing beer, uh, Rufus Corvus, uh, which is uh, one of their sour beers uh, that I enjoyed after a – or towards the end of a very, very frustrating brew day. Uh-oh. Um, and uh, it's just a very delightful sour. Uh, I mean, the the acidity level for it is just almost perfect, in my opinion. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's not one that's got a lot of that. It gets more into the acetic vinegar, kind of just melt your teeth um, <laughs> kind of uh, sourness. Um it's it's not an overly complex beer, just very pleasant. You know, okay. it just uh, kind of scratched the itch uh-huh. uh, for for the sours that I that I was looking for that day. Um, I don't even know if this was a one off or something to bring back. Uh, it's been sitting in my fridge for a while, and I just decided to treat myself, um, considering what I'd just been through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about what you went through, or is it just better just leave uh, it? I'm. I'm slowly piecing together a post about it, um, and I don't want to, you know, suddenly get really angry. Okay. So no I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go. Okay. For, I'll wait. For I'll right wait now. for I'll wait for the post. Yeah, I'll wait for your blog, and then I'll read it there and get a good chuckle. It, it should be up by the time this po- this episode posts, actually. So all right. If you're, if you're listening to this, you can go check it out if you want to <laughs> read about my frustration. Um. So then the second one that I'll mention is uh from a Washington brewery, Iron Horse Brewing, um, that they do a great um, stout that now that I wanted to talk about it, I'm blanking on the name. Um, but great big stout. And uh, this is their ninth anniversary ale. Uh, it's Disruptor IPA. Um, and it was another just really solid beer. And I love their marketing on the front of the bottle um, that they were uh, – it's something to the effect that they're uh, resurrecting a very little known style um, called IPA. <laughs> they, they hope that everyone can, uh, you know, find room on their palate to enjoy such a, an, you know, out of the box uh, thinking type of beer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it, it was really solid. Unfortunately, not a lot of people have access to it, but uh, I just want to give them props for it. So nice. I really enjoyed that one. So how about you, Danny? What have you had that uh, you want to let everybody know and spread the gospel for? Oh, well, I do have a couple. And like you, John, I have a sour on my list, and that is the Almanac Brewing Dog Patch Sour, the one you talked about a few episodes ago. And and it was a cherry sour, and uh, you weren't kidding. Um, I'm so glad that I was able to find this beer in my local area, and as soon as I saw it, I bought it, and... Man, it did not disappoint. The cherry was just enough to give you that hint of cherry without being like you know being kind of gross. No, it wasn't cough syrupy or anything like that. It wasn't sweet. It wasn't, but it uh, but it had a, just the right amount of cherry with a really nice sour finish. I really enjoyed it. And if anyone can still get the dog patch sour, I recommend trying that one. Uh, and the other one that I tried uh, that I've had for a while, it's. Done by Ninkasi Brewing, and it's a, it it was kind of a gimmicky beer. What you know, it kind of seems like a gimmicky beer, but in reality, the beer is fantastic. So it's not really a gimmick. But this is their ground control, the stout, right? 
Yeah, it's a stout. So it's ground control, and it ha- it utilizes yeast that they shot into space in a rocket, and it was in orbit for so many seconds or minutes or whatever, and it came back into the Earth. So they kind of said this is their ground control stout that had yeast, space yeast in it. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's not a gimmick. I mean, as far as the yeast going to space, yeah, it's kind of. I don't think it, the, that did anything different to the beer. But I will tell you, the beer is fantastic. I really, really enjoyed this stout. Uh, it just had a, a great malt, dark malt background. It had uh, a really nice, uh, uh, like like a little chocolate uh, flavoring, like like bitter. Dark, bitter, sweet chocolate with just a hint of hazelnut in it. And I'm glad it only had a hint of that hazelnut because I'm not a big hazelnut fan. Uh, a lot of times that kind of just, that, that taste of hazelnuts kind of just turns my stomach. But it was just enough that it was it was just right. Uh, I recommend if you can still find this ground control stout that you, you pick it up. Uh, it's worth the, the money. Now, it is a little sp- spendy. It's about 20 bucks a bottle. Um, but at least it's a good beer, so you know, try it out. Yeah, so I had initially passed on it because when it came out, people were charging over twenty bucks for a bottle, mm-hmm. and you know, with the whole yeast in space thing, you know, mm-hmm. even though Ninkasi does great stuff, you yeah. kind of wonder, if, you know, maybe they just kind of mail it in because they yeah. got this thing that people will buy. Yeah, um, and I just within the last couple of weeks, I saw it again for like sixteen bucks. I passed again. But maybe it sounds like I need to go see if they still have it and, and grab some. Yeah, yeah. If if you can get it for sixteen bucks, good price. I mean, it's a good beer worth worth the money. And if you can get it for ten bucks, that's a steal. So, uh, yeah, it's hard. For, I know it's hard to to stomach paying that kind of money for a, a twenty two ounce bottle of beer. But uh, it's a again, it's a once. It's never gonna. Uh, I'm guessing it's never gonna be done again. They did have multiple yeast strains they they sent up, so there will be additional beers that they brew with this yeast. Uh, but this one alone is is just a one off thing. So you got to get it while you can. And then, like you, John, I also have a couple beers that you know the majority of people listening to our show are not gonna be able to find because it's just a local Boise brewery. And that's from that Edge Brewing that I've talked about before on the show. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, uh, I dropped my wife. My daughter came to visit uh, from college, and they uh, went out shopping and, and spent some time together on a girls' day. So I went and dropped them off, and I decided that while I was alone, I was going to be doing some work around the house. And before I started doing that, I decided to go eat some lunch and drink some beers at the brewery. And I had three beers. And two of them I'm going to mention because two of them were fantastic. The other one was just okay, but two of them were really good. The first one I had was a lemon wheat beer, uh, fantastic wheat beer. Uh, the the wheat mouthfeel and flavor was just perfect, uh, and the lemon was not too much. It was just a little bit of lemon in the finish to make it really refreshing. I'll tell you what, I sucked that beer down in about maybe two minutes. The bartender that was serving me, he, he said, he, he came over to say, hey, how do, you, how do you like that beer? And saw that the beer was empty. He said, whoa, you must have really liked that. I said, yeah, that was a good beer. I think I, I blew his mind that I drank that beer so fast. But, hey, that's a testament of how good that beer really was because it went down really smooth. 
I, I think, John, I, I wish that you would have been there with me. I think you would have enjoyed that uh, yourself. So. Yeah, it's, a lot of times those things just hit the spot with that little little zip there and yeah. really refreshing. So Yeah, yeah, it was good. The other one that I wish you were there for was a rye porter. And I'll tell you what, this this beer also was fantastic. It was it actually was a little bit lighter porter than I w- would have liked to have had, but because the rye finish, that spiciness that it added, um it just made the beer just Overall, very, very good. So even though it was a lighter, light on the lighter side of porter, it was like a 5% porter, uh, it, I thought it was going to come across more thin. But because it had that rye in there, it really made it just a more bolder flavor that uh, I really was satisfied with. And, John, I again, I know how you love rye in your beer, and I would have loved to have you sitting next to me drinking right along with me with that. So... I'm hoping that when you yeah, do come back. Seems, yeah, it seems right up my alley. I actually don't think I've had a, a porter with rye in it before. So, oh, it uh, sounds really interesting. It is. It is. It is nice. And like I said, it if it wouldn't have had the rye, this would have been a porter that I probably would have just said it was it was average, right? Okay, it's a it's a porter. It's a little bit, you know, not as as we mentioned before. I like big roasted malt in my porters and stouts. Um, it didn't. It wasn't going to have that. It did have some roasted roastiness to it, but again, because that spicy rye was in the finish, it kind of took the roast it had, like blew it up. It had a and and made it feel like, uh, especially in the mouth feel and in the uh, in the body, it made it feel like a bigger beer than it really was. And and that's what I that's what I enjoyed. So so those are my new and noteworthy beers. And um, yeah, hopefully anyone from Boise listening will go to Edge and go. F- search out those two beers and try them because I think you'll really enjoy them. All right, John, guess what? We have some listener questions. In fact, we have three listener questions. And the first one is from our buddy Jason Lacey from the Fluxipose podcast. can be found on Twitter at JW Lacey. And he's asked us, so what was on the menu for both of you on IPA Day? August 6th was IPA Day. And uh, he wants to know what we drank. So, John... What did you drink on IPA day? So I uh, went with a new Deschutes uh, IPA, uh, Pine Drops IPA, Mm. uh, which from the name, it was obviously very citrus focused and uh, lots of pineapple, orange. Um, No, it was complete pine, (laughs) uh, you know, really resiny and um, uh, it was was really solid. I I enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd seen it around for a little while and, um, I finally ended up just picking up a single bottle, but I may grab a six pack before it disappears. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one surprised me too. I had it, um, at a, at a, one of the bars I visited and I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something similar to what the shoots puts out with their normal IPAs, more bitter and some, and pininess, but, but not in a, you know, in a, in a, in the normal piney hop way. And this beer had like very good aroma and uh, and flavor. You know, it really had a pop that uh, I enjoyed, and it, it surprised me. So I need to pick up some more of that myself. Yeah, I think this one was a, a little more um, American style than a lot of their other yeah. stuff. Like they tend to focus more of an English mm-hmm. uh, kind of tilt on a lot of most of their beers. So I think this one was a little more American focused. So yeah, yeah. Well, good. 
good. Uh, I I also drank an IPA on IPA Day. I went uh, with Green Flash Brewing's Le Freak Belgian IPA. Have you had that one, John? Uh, I think I've had a taste of it um, mm. before. Yeah. Uh, but Belgian IPA is usually not my thing. So. Oh, really? You don't like Belgian IPAs? I think it's hard to do well. Um, mm-hmm. you got to really get the right character out of the hops and, and the yeast to really play together well. So Yeah. 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 I, uh, this was pretty good. Um, I, I agree. I think some Belgian IPAs, can it can be hit or miss whether they really do it well or they just kind of make them kind of muddled mess uh ipa with with that belgian flavor but uh this one's good i you know what there's there's pretty much i don't know i can't i probably can't name a single green flask beer that i haven't enjoyed especially when it comes to their ipa offerings because they do really do a good job with their hops and this one was a good one i i think it was uh it was a 16 ounce bottle one of their bigger bigger bottle sizes and it it had uh yeah it was like four bucks for that for that bottle, and eh, I appreciate it. But hey, I had to go big on IPA day, so I went with a big Belgian IPA. So, I, and I hope uh, everyone else was able to enjoy an IPA, and maybe some of you were able to drink our Victory Hophead IPA while listening to the show that released on IPA day. So, our next question is uh, from. Our buddy David at Yojimbo2000. He says, after hearing Robert on the show, are these new ciders really beer? If not, do you think they are on untapped? <laughs> um, so, yeah, untapped w- includes not just craft beer, but also cider and mead, uh, which is fermented like honey wine, um, basically. Uh, but, yeah, there's a huge influx of hard ciders now. Um, you know, I think it's trying to to capture um, this new uh, share of the market from people that, you know, aren't ponying up for wine, but, uh, you know, still want uh, more of that fruit sweet focus kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are, are really just uh, brands from the, the big uh, three um, brewers, um, you know, Miller Coors, Boston Beer, uh, I think, they uh, do Angry Orchard. Mm-hmm. Is that theirs? Yeah. Um, uh, so you know they're not all uh, leading up to the to the big guys, but uh, you know <clears throat> the yeah the ciders. It's all apple and usually spices and other fruits uh, mixed in there. Um, there are uh, some apple beers, mm-hmm. um, which I think I don't know that apple beers have a real name. Um, I know uh, beers that are also made with honey. Uh, that's actually called a braggot, so that's an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see many of those on uh, on the shelves, though, because a lot of states uh, try to they keep use use of honey under a wine license and and grain under a beer license. Mm-hmm. So they don't really let you mix them because then they think you're trying to you know pull a fast one on them. Yeah, yeah. Wine with your brewery license or vice versa. So, um. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them being on Untapped. I mean, the it's all beverages. I mean, we have Bud Light and Budweiser on Untapped, so why not all these ciders too? They all occupy pretty much the same space. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I, I've noticed that on Untapped, there's a, a wide variety of malt beverages. There's of course beer. There's um, 
also the the Mike's Hard Lemonades are on there. The ciders are on there. They have mead on there. So they have a lot of variety of of beverages that you can check into. And whether you think it's right or wrong, I don't really care. It's just a fun social drinking app, so it doesn't need to be just beer. So, hey, check into whatever you want and make it fun. Let the people that don't necessarily enjoy the as much craft beer as we do, let them have some fun too. But uh, one thing, I, I did a little research into this whole apple ale and cider thing. I was kind of curious myself. So, um, you know, there's there's like John said, there's... There's hard ciders, and then there's some kind of apple beers, ales. These are beers that are made, and then they're added apples into it to give it like an apple, like a fruit flavor to it. And um, the the cider brand, some of the big ones you've probably seen on the shelves, uh, Woodchuck, right? Woodchuck is, I think they're out of Vermont, and they're a big cider company that, that has a you know pretty wide distribution in the states and you've probably seen their granny smith green apple cider and their you know a couple their, their uh they have another one like a golden apple there's a bunch of different ones that they do uh that that's kind of a local one i think their own they got bought out a couple of years ago by some irish cider company uh so they're still kind of kind of u.s but kind of also have a little bit of uh international uh ownership then there's like uh, John said, the Angry Orchard is owned by Boston Beer, Samuel Adams, the same company that owns Sam Adams, Boston Beer. They also have this Angry Orchard uh, cider company. And then there's Smith & Forge. That's a fairly new cider company that I've been seeing on the shelves. And guess what? Miller Coors owns that one. And yeah, not only on the shelves, on, on the TV. They've, they're running a ton of uh, yeah, promos for that. Yeah, now. which, so, I mean, they're, they're, I, think, I think they're trying to hit that that intermediate in between the beer and you know and you know the, the the people that are between wine and beer maybe you know trying to get get some of those people into the another beverage and that's the the cider thing also one of my favorite ciders is actually strongbow which is a english um cider company and uh, i found out they're actually owned now by heineken International, so that's oh, kind really? of yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting. I didn't realize Heineken <laughs> bought Strongbow, and then my favorite cider of all, which I thought was independent until I researched it and found out that Crispin Cider is another Miller Coors uh, cidery. Uh, that one blew my mind. I blew my <laughs> I mind no too idea. because by far Crispin Cider, their artisanal. They have they have a few artisanal ciders that are I mean absolutely fantastic. I would have never have guessed that it came from a bigger corporation you know company. Now I don't know how this Crispin cider thing if it's just like it was its own cider company and then Miller Coors bought them and so they still operate independently kind of. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's they were a company and they they were acquired. Um, I had to look it up when I saw that. Okay. That that's what it was. Um, but yeah, so I I would imagine since that's not really you know in their their wheelhouse that mm-hmm. they kind of went hands off. Uh, yeah. Because you know the the stuff they're putting out doesn't give any indication of you know cutting corners and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know it, it kind of gives a little hope maybe that uh, some of these craft breweries that are being picked up will get a little um, hands off treatment even. Even though they are more uh, 
you know, what these big companies know, yeah. you know, being beer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that one, that one really surprised me because yeah. like you, I, I love Crispin. Yeah. When I, when I go cider, <laughs> that's what I go for. So yeah. Yeah. They, they make the, I think they make some of the best ciders that don't give you a headache, right? This, they don't use artificial sweeteners. They use, you know, things that, that are more natural, which is, which is nice. Now, the Apple Ale, there's one brand that also kind of recently, within the last year or so, kind of sweeped, swept over the nation and is big advertising campaign. You see it everywhere, and that's Red's Apple Ale. And this is a, this is a, a, a brand of Apple Ale that not only has apples, but they have different flavors of different apples, right? They have apple, mango, whatever. They have these different flavors, but it's the same thing. It's basically a, a ale that has some fruit flavors thrown in there. And again, another company that is owned by Miller Coors. Uh, they really are getting into to having a lot of these apple and fruit drink, uh, you know, alcohol drink brands, which yeah, they, they must see this as a niche of the market to really exploit right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm willing to bet that that one was not an acquisition, that that was a, something spun up. Yeah, no, you know, for, I agree. Yep. For this exact purpose. Yeah, I so. agree. I agree. I think that they that this was a, a planned endeavor by Miller Coors himself. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any doesn't make any sense that somebody would start their own dedicated brand just for making putting apples in beer without having a, a brewery that's already puts out a bunch of beer and just throwing some fruit in there. That's, I'm assuming that's that's true. So now you move in from uh, that's like Apple L brand. That's all they do is Apple L's. Now you you get breweries that also have a style that they will release that has you know like an Apple L style. Blue Moon, they have one called the Caramel Apple Spice Dale. Again, Blue Moon is a Miller Coors company. And uh, another new, fairly new brewery that is under the disguise is called the Traveler Brewery. Uh, it's this Forbidden Traveler Apple Ale. And Traveler Brewery is another Boston beer little secret brewery. Um, really? Yeah. I feel like I've seen a couple Traveler things, but I didn't know what it was, and I didn't pick it up. Yep. I just saw them in the store uh, th- this weekend, and, um, yeah, it's it's Boston beer. And it's interesting that – Oh, yes, that's the mustache. I just had to yeah, look it up. Yeah, the mustache, <laughs> yeah. So uh, interesting. But there is uh, – there's, there's a bunch of craft craft breweries, real craft breweries that aren't owned by any big corporation that just do, like John said – they want to put something, you know, either honey or apples or whatever. They make a beer that that has an ap- apple ale, and that's a very good brewery called Nuglaris out of Wisconsin, and they have an apple ale called Apple Ale. So if you're looking for a true craft beer experience, then uh, go to Wisconsin and uh, and and get their apple ale. So uh, who who would have guessed that this simple little listener question could be so complicated? And eye opening. I learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I learned a lot too. It was kind of it was kind of nice to kind of dig into that a little bit more. But you know, uh, we also had a second question kind of surrounding that same thing by David, and he says, "Hey, it is my understanding that Samuel Adams owns a label that makes adult cider. Is cider counted in their barrel count?" So, John, you already mentioned Angry Orchard is indeed owned by Boston Beer, who owns Samuel Adams. And 
as far as we know, right, Apple, anything besides beer is not added to their barrel count, right, John? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't expect that that's included in the numbers you see from the, you know, Brewers Association or yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very possible that it's a wholly owned subsidiary type situation where it's its own company because mm-hmm. they have to have a separate license and yeah and whatnot. I don't know the, the specifics or really where they do it. You know, I, they have facilities all over the country. I mean, they brew in Cincinnati and a couple other places as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where they do the Angry Orchard production, but I would guess that it does not uh, affect their barrel count um, as far as their craft beer numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we have one last question, and that's from Robert uh, at TPS Sponge. And he says, have you had the Blue Moon White IPA? And I can say, uh, no, I have not. Um, <laughs> uh, white uh, IPA, you know, I mentioned, you know, it's it's a it's a form of a Belgian IPA mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, kicks up the, you know, the wit probably a little more. Uh, I think some people just kind of call a Belgian IPA a white IPA. Um, I don't know if it's a tr- there's a true classification for it, but uh, yeah, like like I said, it, it for me it's it's hard to do well. Um, I, I have had some that I that I enjoyed that I I can't recall the top of my head because they still weren't my my favorite. Uh, if I'm drinking an IPA, I want the big clean yeah. citrus hops and pine hops and that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. Personally, no, I've not. Uh, how about you, Denny? You had the Blue Moon White IPA. I have not had the Blue Moon White IPA, and for similar reasons as you, John, um, I like to try everything. But again, like like you, I'm not a huge fan of Belgian IPAs, uh, and uh, probably the one that I I actually like the most is the uh, is is uh, is Hogarden considered a white IPA or is it just considered a wit beer? Wit, Belgian wit. I think that's just a wit. Okay, yeah. okay. That that's the one I actually enjoy. If it was closer to that, <laughs> so it's not even it's not even a white IPA. So I can't even I like say that. white IPAs that are wit beers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I have to answer no. Also, uh, not a fan. So Robert, ha- have you had it? And is it any good? Let us know so we can uh, let our listeners know to try it or stay away. Yeah, or if we should go try it. Yeah, yeah. So. Hey, I'm willing to try. I, I I'll try anything. In fact. I just picked up – It's and this is going off topic a little bit, but it does have to do with white IPAs. I um, was at the, the co-op. That's our cooperative market where I go buy a lot of beer. And we rarely here in Boise, we rarely get anything from Anchorage Brewing. Rarely get anything. And so when we get bottles of Anchorage Brewing in, I buy whatever they have. So there was two bottles, and one of them – was their Anchorage Brewing Galaxy, which is a white IPA with Brett uh, yeast in it. So, yeah, so that one I actually enjoyed. Okay. Thank you for something <laughs> that I've had. Um, so that one I like. Okay. So there you go. You can I, check I, that one up. I would have normally not paid the money for – I mean, that's a, a $16 beer, and I normally wouldn't – buy it if it was a style that I just wasn't all that into but because it is Anchorage Brewing and I have not disliked the beer that they've brewed yet that I've tried uh, I had I just went with it so thank you John for reassuring me that I won't be disappointed in my $16 purchase so 
Good. Yeah, so this one uh, was part of uh, my um, birthday uh, Anchorage pack that Kristen got me one year. That oh, nice. uh, we ended up having uh, one of them. Yeah, um, the Rondi. Yeah. Um, so she had bought. Uh, they they brought like five to our area, and a place was doing a special tasting. I couldn't go because I was doing stuff for the kids, and she had went and convinced them to sell them to her like the day before the event. Oh, so yeah, great wife. You're, you're, um, yes, awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I understand when you say we don't get much Anchorage and I have to buy it when we do. Cause I don't think anybody gets much Anchorage and you, you have to buy it when, <laughs> when, <you laughs> when yeah, when it comes in stock. <laughs> yeah. So the other one I got, I don't remember the name. It's a collaboration with, it was Anchorage. Oh, and uh pumpkin, uh, jolly pumpkin. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I, I think it's a pumpkin. I think it's actually a pumpkin ale with uh, sour pumpkin ale. So, I'm hoping it's going to be good. I've had Jolly Pumpkin or the Jolly Pumpkins pumpkin sour, and it wasn't very good. So I'm hoping the Anchorage one that they do a collaboration is is much better than the just the the Jolly Pumpkin one. So yeah, I'll I'll get you. That will probably be on one of my new and noteworthy uh, beers in the next com- upcoming uh, episode. So stay tuned for for tasty notes on those Anchorage beers. Before we get into the brew buzz, let's just. Uh, let's just highlight our listener participation tasting note segment for next episode. I don't want to forget to to mention what beer that we will be tasting for episode 29 that you'll be getting in two weeks. So before we get into the brew buzz, let's just highlight that uh, that um, the, the listener participation tasting note segment will be with the full sale session lager, the red label lager, the regular old premium red lager. Our lager. It's the red label. Um, most, it's, it's distributed around the country. I know it's not in every state, but if you can find it, we hope you will join us in tasting uh, on episode 29, the full sale session lager. Yeah, one we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, I think so. Uh, hopefully, you guys can join us. Yes, that would be great. All right, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. And the Brew Buzz is basically we devote it to discussing different topics, whatever we might feel like educating you guys with or just chatting about. So this week, we've been neglecting news articles for so many episodes that we decided that it's time to stop neglecting our news articles and go ahead and cover a few news articles. And that's what the whole Brew Buzz is going to be. It's going to be a few articles we chose that you guys might enjoy hearing about. So the first one that I picked uh, is one that is talking about 10 substyles of IPAs. And these, this, is, uh, this is coming to you from uh, craftbeer.com, uh, which is the, basically the website for the Brewers Association. Right, John? Is that kind of like their uh, little blog area? Yes, absolutely. That's where they pretty much post everything. So. Okay. Yeah. So because as we can tell, IPAs tend to be the, the beer of choice for most craft beer drinkers right now, at least the ones that are new to craft beer. I know when I was first into craft beer and IPA came, I was all IPA all the time. Uh, and then as you mature, you start to go into other, other styles. But IPA is still huge. And we'll have another article later in the show that will show you how huge IPAs really are. But you know what? IPA is 
is one term of a style of beer, a style that is is a lot of times is really focused on the hops. But you can actually have, as this article will point out, you can have up to ten substyles of IPAs that aren't all the same. And let's just go right off the bat with the first one is of course the American East Coast style IPA. And uh, the little description they give for this style are these IPAs showcase the citrus and pine flavors that America has grown to love. The flavors that have consistently made IPA the most entered category for the Great American Beer Festival and World Beer Cup. And uh, the East Coast style, some examples they give, the Bell's Two Hearted Ale, which is from Bell's Brewing, the the Tropicalia IPA from Creature Comforts Brewing. I never even heard of that brewery out of Athens, Georgia. The Headhunter IPA from Fatheads Brewery out of Ohio. Uh, Elevated IPA from La Cumbre Brewing out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, uh, now, this description kind of seems odd to me. I guess because I always think of citrus and pine being more of a West Coast American IPA. But, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think, John? Uh, yeah, I think that that's where I think. I think uh, American uh, or the, the American uh, the the East Coast um, style to me is more focused on some of the, the, the malt character. Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of an in between between English IPA and a West Coast style um, American IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, of the beers listed, I've had two of them: the, the two hundred <laughs> and the Headhunter IPA, and both are. Excellent. So. Okay. Okay. I I haven't had any of those four, so you're you're four up up, up on me there. I think uh, Bell's just started distributing to California, so I'm hoping that maybe they're upping their production a little bit, and we might actually start seeing some in some of the other western states. Oh, so. that that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, gorged on on Bell's when I was uh, in Grand Rapids for the homebrew conference a couple of years ago. So. <laughs> well, good. You, at least you were able to get a, a lot of. Uh, samples from what they have. I've had a couple bells, um, but yeah, I'd like to try more. I hear that they're a great brewery, but hey, come distribute to the West Coast more. That'd be great. Yeah, we mentioned West Coast style IPA. Um, you know, these are just big hot bombs, basically. Um, you know, really dry on the malt side. Um, they're the uh, examples for the article or the uh, Alesmith IPA. Uh, Wonderlust IPA from Breakside Brewing out of Portland, uh, <laughs> West Coast IPA yeah. from Green Flash, yeah. and Blind Pig IPA from Russian River. And this time, I've had all of these beers. I, I have had and, all, uh, I've had all of them too, <laughs> <laughs> and I like all of these beers. So yeah, yeah. I you know what? I was surprised to see the Wanderlust IPA on the list. Um, uh, not, I mean, it is highly rated as a as a good IPA, but it just seems like again, I think when they pick these beers, they're kind of showcasing beers that are in that area. But um, but but a lot of people that aren't in that area aren't going to be able to try. I don't think you can get Wanderlust too much away from the Oregon, Washington, Idaho, California range. I think that's about as far as they're going to go. Yeah, of this list, I think Green Flash is the probably yeah. the most. Widely distributed, yeah. Um, followed by Ale Smith. So okay, well, 
you know what, now going from the bigger IPAs down to something that is more sessionable with the Session IPA. Again, you've heard John and I talk, a Session IPA in our mind is a pale ale. But because they do have this Session IPA uh, style, and I have had a few Session IPAs that I would say truly is an IPA that is at a lower alcohol content, you know, but it has all those characteristics that you love about a good IPA. And, uh, again, they're just lower alcohol versions of an IPA. And the ones they give is Time Bomb Session IPA from 7th Sun Brewery out of Florida. Easy Jack from Firestone Walker. I've had that myself from California. The Daytime from Laguanitas, also from California. And the Pinner Throwback IPA from Oscar Blues from Colorado. And I, I've had three of the four. I haven't had that Seventh Sun Brewery. How about you, John? Have you had uh, So this those? one, I've only had the Easy Jack in the daytime. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't had the uh, the Pinner Throwback oh, okay. IPA. Okay. Do you get Oscar Blues in Washington? No. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think so. Um, I've had consumed most of my Oscar Blues east of here, though. Okay. Um, so, okay. all right. Uh, so, fruit IPA, um, which I've never really considered it being a, a separate yeah. subcategory, <laughs> but I, I suppose when you put fruit in it, it, it yeah, I'm a, a fruit uh, or a separate category. Um, and not, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like: it's an IPA with fruit in it. Uh, and the their examples are the grapefruit sculpin from Ballast Point mm-hmm. uh, out of San Diego, pink eye. Uh, which just does not sound appetizing, but Raspberry <laughs> IPA from Bonfire Brewing of Eagle, Colorado, uh, Aprihop from Dogfish Head, and Tree, Sha- Tree Shaker Peach IPA from mm-hmm. Odell's. Uh, I've had two of these, the Grapefruit Sculpin and the Aprihop. Oh, okay. Uh, either of the other ones. Okay. I've had the Grapefruit Sculpin, which I actually really like, but I've heard so many people that – have it just say just kind of shake their head because they don't like the grapefruit they think the grapefruit ruins the the sculpin and i actually like it do you do yeah, those you, people are wrong yeah <laughs> i think they're wrong too so good i just i wanted to get reassurance from you john that i wasn't totally out to lunch because i really enjoy that beer and the the other one i had of course the tree shaker peach ipa uh, from odell brewing in colorado and that's one of the few odell brews that i actually uh, enjoy uh, it's nice little subtle peach with an IPA, you know, backing to it. So it's it's nice. It's nice. All right, now let's go in and raise up that alcohol level. Let's go with the Imperial or Double IPA, which basically is just an IPA, but you just amp it up, amp it up to a little bit higher, you know, ABV, a little bit higher alcohol content, give a little bit extra flavor in there, a little too. And uh, let's see what they say. What are their 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 style? choices they gave here they say Pliny the elder out of california a, a great example of double ipa the resin from six point brewing brewery out of uh, new york the enjoy by ipa from stone brewing and the dreadnought imperial ipa from flea F- from three floyds brewing so uh, uh john i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna roll dice i'm gonna say you've had all four of those is that correct that's incorrect. Oh, man. Which one haven't you had? Uh, the resin from Six what? Point. I've had a couple other Six Point beers, but uh, not that one. 
Wow. Um, okay. Okay. So you get six point. I, no. I don't get six point. Here. No, 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 no. I don't either. <laughs> I I drank six point the resin when I was on in New York uh, a few okay. years ago, uh, and it was either it was either New York or when I was in Virginia. I can't remember. When I was on the East Coast, as when I had it, and it is good. Um, it comes in these little uh, cans. Uh, I think that's the one that has those little those little cans that you open, the little skinny cans. Now, if I'm wrong, my memory is a little bit shady, but uh, but it's good. Uh, it's expensive, uh, but good. But yeah, I've had. I didn't have the Dreadnought Imperial IPA from Three Floyds. I don't. I don't get any Three, Three Floyds here. Yeah, neither do I. But uh, my uncle brought me some when he came out once, uh, so I got to have it. It was delicious. Okay, uh, really good. So yeah, and I think we've. We've talked about Pint of the Elder and the Enjoy Buys plant before. That, oh, yeah. You know, very good beers. So, uh, so yeah, that'll take us to the next one, uh, Wet Hop IPA. Um, so this is an IPA that's brewed with hops that are fresh off the vine. So these are you're really only going to see in the fall, and that season is coming very soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a timely reminder to keep your eye out for some uh, Wet Hop IPAs because they're about to start hitting the shell hot and heavy as a uh, – the harvest starts um, uh, in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so their examples are a fresh IPA from Fort George mm-hmm. uh, out of Astoria, Oregon. Uh, so fresh and so green, green. Uh, <laughs> Terrapin uh, out of Athens, Georgia. Uh, Hop Harvest Series from Sierra Nevada. And Hop Trip IPA from Deschutes. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I've had. Uh, well, the Hop Harvest series is a number of beers. I've had a yeah. few of the series. Um, I have too. And, yeah. the, and the Hop Trip. Yeah. I don't think I've managed to grab the Fort George Fresh IPA when it was out, um, and I have not had the Terrapin. Yeah. Um, one. Yeah, I've uh, I've had them all except for the Terrapin. I've had other Terrapin beers, but not that one. And again, only Terrapin when I'm on the East Coast. So it's uh, I just need to travel the East Coast yeah, we more don't get often. That here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's one that uh, that I don't. Again, John mentioned fruit IPA as not being what he would have considered a, a substyle. Here's another one that I question is really a substyle. It's called the wood aged IPA, and what the what they say is uh, in the brewer's hand, this style can be a marriage made in in Valhalla, like barbecue or chainsaw whittling. Different woods can change the finished product and flavor appearance. Many brewers have tried their hands with an IPA and an unlikely wood to come out with a new favorite beer to show for it. Now, John, would you consider wood aged IPA as a as a substyle, or is it just something that uh, maybe? For, is... If we're gonna count fruit, I guess we uh, gotta count wood. Okay. So <laughs> okay, so let's see if you've had any of these beers. The barrel aged IPA from Black Tooth Brewing out of Sheridan, Wyoming. Which I, I doubt you've had that, right? There's no beers coming out of Wyoming. Nope, I've not okay. had that one. And the White Oak Blueberry IPA. Well, wait a minute. They're mixing two substyles there. The fruit yeah, they, IPA. Sure, they count it as a substyle for that one. That's from Cigar <laughs> City out of Tampa, Florida. I don't get any Cigar City here. And then the Rumble, which is a French and American oak by Great Divide from Denver. We do, that one I have had. Okay, we do have some so. Great Divide here. Not very much. We do get some, but I have not had the Rumble. And the Oak Aged Unearthly IPA from Southern Tier. And I've had the Unearthly, but I 
didn't have the oak age portion, so I can't say I've had that one either. Well, I have not had it either. All right. So, yeah, I guess that one was a, a miss for us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, John, out of the two of us, on, only one beer by one person. That's got to say the substyle is kind of really stretching it. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is done that much, and, you know, a couple of them uh, aren't really that widely available so we do get some cigar city here but only like really special beers um we get random really expensive bombers of them yeah, <laughs> so okay. um so the next one is black ipa uh <clears throat> which is uh something denny and i argue about all the time <laughs> um <laughs> about what it is uh so uh they they describe it as hoppy dark beers that join stout roastiness with IPA hoppiness, like a hero who is yes. both tender and steel hearted. <laughs> um, you know, I I uh, I like my IPAs more focused. Black IPAs more focused on the hops, and Danny, you like yours more focused on the roast. Yes, um, yeah. hoppy dark beers that join the stout roastiness with the IPA. That's what I like: the roastiness and the IPA, which John says is an American stout. But if you keep reading, that that would put the roastiness <laughs> as tender and the hoppiness as steel-hearted. So okay, you're right. Clearly, okay. they're they're on my side. <laughs> so uh, their their examples: um, uh, Back in Black mm. from Twenty First Amendment out of San Francisco, uh, Doobie Imperial Black IPA from Uinta mm-hmm. out of Salt Lake City, uh, Black IPA from Alaskan uh, Brewing Company, and Wheeze from Maine Brewing Company. Uh, I've had three of those. Mm-hmm. I bet you can't guess which one I haven't had. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it was the Wheeze, but I, you can yeah, you can right. shock me. Okay, <laughs> uh, same thing here. I I've had the other three, but not the Wheeze. And I will make this statement too. I've I am I do not like Uinta from Utah. The brewery to me makes a lot of crappy beers. This beer is one of their better beers. They have they have like three beers that I really enjoy, and this is one of the three. So, uh, if you do have a chance to get that beer, go ahead and grab it. You won't be disappointed. So it's, it's a very good uh, black IPA. So while I haven't had this Weez from Maine Brewing Company or Maine Beer Company, I have had other Maine beers. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and if it's anything like those, I'm sure this is uh, very solid. So. All right. All right. Well. Um, how about this, John? Another uh, interesting sub-style of IPA, which um, honestly I think uh, could become a real go-getter style because I've had I've had uh, um, one that's not even listed on here. That's a coffee IPA. But uh, the, the coffee IPA, that's another sub-style where you, you throw in some coffee beans with your, your hoppiness and you've got yourself – a caffeine hot burst, uh, you know, buzz going on. Uh, they give three examples. Uh, the coffee IPA from Fate Brewing out of Boulder, Colorado. The Hoppuccino from Coppertail Brewing out of Tampa, Florida. And the Stone Dayman Coffee IPA from Stone Brewing. Um, none of those I've had. Not one of them. Same here. And I bet I'm about to name the beer that you mentioned earlier name it. that I was shocked that wasn't on here since yes. they had another one from this brewery on yes, the list. Yes, uh, is the Java the Hop from oh, Fort George, and that is so awesome. That's why I could see that this stub style could be very big because I absolutely love that beer. 
Yes, I, I agree. I, I really like that one. And that was what kind of turned me to maybe this could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't had it when this everybody was making a fuss over the Stone Day Man, and I missed it when it came <laughs> to our area. Um, and then I had this one, and I was like, now I wish I would have gone and out of my way to grab that beer when it was here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm sure that will make a, a return at some point, and I can pick it up. Um, but uh, yeah, so that brings us to number 10 of our sub-styles, and this is probably the weakest of all. <laughs> uh, eclectic IPA, which is basically, uh, it didn't fit above, so uh, we'll put it here. Um, it's just experimenting with IPAs and uh, their examples, one of which we happen to mention. Just happened. Uh, Galaxy Wide IPA from Anchorage Brewing, uh, which Jenny's going to give us a full report on uh, <laughs> an upcoming episode. Uh, Hopped Up Goose Juice uh, Rye IPA, which uh, is from Hop and Frog Brewery from Akron, Ohio, which I now need to go find because I just want Goose Juice IPA. <laughs> want to head back home next time. Uh, El Guapo Agave IPA from O'Connor Brewing of Norfolk, Virginia. Oh. And Tongue Ninja Sour Double IPA <laughs> from South Street Brewery in Charlottesville, Virginia. That sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm thinking Anchorage needs to up their name game because uh, they're getting outclassed in the eclectic IPA subcategory. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've had one of these. Uh, you'll soon have one of these. Yeah. Um, the same Galaxy White IPA. Uh, yeah, I w- I was surprised the El Guapo Agave IPA was from Virginia. I will say that yeah. <laughs> when I saw it in the list. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that that one uh, is. As a pretty weak subcategory, <laughs> um, in my opinion, but uh, you know, it works. There's still beers, yeah. IPAs. Yeah. So. All right. All right. So, John, um, that was pretty good for the ten subcategories. But you brought an article to the table. You want to talk about the uh, the article you found from the Brewers Association? Sure. So, uh, the this article is uh, the. Brewers Association reports big gains for small and independent brewers. Um, and it's uh, more uh, another article from uh, craftbeer.com uh, from the Brewers Association, obviously. A uh, nice pat on the back for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, um, this is from uh, about a month ago now, I think. Um, yeah, end of July. So it's kind of. Uh, Accounting how they've done in the the first half of this year um, relative to years past. And uh, so far in the first half of 2015, American craft production volume increased 16% um, over the first half of the year. And that's pretty impressive um, (laughs) for that. Uh, And they, um, during that time period, um, they sold. Uh, approximately 12.2 uh, million barrels uh, of, of craft beer, uh, which was up from 10.6 in 2014 and 7.3 in 2013. So, I mean, just taking huge leaps at this point. Mm. Um, and that's, that's all first, you know, half of the year. That's what it, it is at the, at the midpoint. So, um, but, uh, you know, I think it's just really grow, goes to show that, you know, Brewers are bringing it right now, and, and mm-hmm. the people are are uh, are really uh, open to it. Yeah. Um, 
and, and you know another uh which we've mentioned you know big numbers before that uh the brewery number of breweries that are that are open um we've seen an, an additional uh just shy of 700 699 mm. um breweries have uh opened up um since uh the same time last year so i mean that's enormous we're up to 3739 as of the time of of this article mm. so that's incredible yeah yeah do you do you think that that the growth i mean we we've seen articles in the past that talk about the you know are we able to sustain the growth of as many breweries that are opening and you know i i've seen a couple breweries close here in my area uh, some new ones that had just opened up, you know, only lasted a couple of years, and some that were old breweries that had been around for many years. Like one of the first breweries in in the Boise area closed last year, or maybe a year before, about a year, eighteen months ago. And uh, I, I mean, it seems like in my area, the breweries are just. I mean, we're we're going to have like twenty six breweries in a small area, and I. I just find that uh, that some of these smaller ones, if they don't have uh, a f- something that's going to bring people in, you know, beer that just stands up above the rest, uh, you know, that they're going to end up starting up uh, and faltering out. And uh, you think there's a, I mean, you think there's going to be a lot of these breweries that are going to, you know, start up and then in six months to a year find out that they they don't have the money to sustain. Well, I mean, undercapitalization is the one of the fastest killers of a brewery. It's very expensive uh, to open and operate, and yeah. there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Like when you ship beer to a uh, distributor, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of states they have 30 to 60 days to pay you for that set that beer, yeah, which yeah. now means you need to be able to carry yourself for another month or two without the money from the beer that you just sold. Yeah, um, you know, for for yourself. So you know, that's always going to be a challenge and. You know, I think, uh, you know, one thing that a lot of people maybe don't consider when they write those doomsday articles about uh, craft beer is going to end and, you know, all this, like, everybody's going to fail kind of thing is, you know, not everybody is aspiring to be the next Sierra Nevada or New Belgium or, yeah. you know, enormous brewery. Uh, you know, the, I think there's going to be a lot of breweries that say, we want to just be the best in our, you know, local so much of an area county or state or whatever and that's that's what we want to do um and you know they'll they'll go ahead and do that and they'll have the support from the locals and that's all they need yeah um you know and that's you can still turn a hefty profit uh without uh growing all the time in fact growing all the time is what stops you from making profits because you're constantly putting out more cash for yeah Yeah. for uh expansion so uh, you know, it used to be that we there was a brewery in almost every town, you know, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and and uh, prohibition happened. Sure, you can say that people weren't as mobile as they were then, which is true. But um, you know, you had to have it local. But uh, you know, I I, I think there's there's going to be a place for for a lot more than people think. Yeah, would be my my guess. Yeah, for you know, a good example is my favorite brewery here in Idaho. You know, I have I usually have a, a favorite brewery in each state that I really like, and then I have my overall. But my favorite Idaho brewery, the one that I just I I buy everything they 
they sell, and I just really love his his Grand Teton Brewing out in Victor, Idaho. Victor, Idaho is a town on the in in the in the Grand Teton Mountains in the middle of nowhere. The only thing it has for it though is it's on the path to uh, you know to a uh, a touring town uh, in Wyoming, which I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole. Thank you. Thank you, John. (laughs) Jackson Hole. And because they get so much traffic through there that, you know, that Grand Teton can survive. They can they can supply the beers that they need in that area. They can, you know, distribute out. But right down the street on this small town that only has, I don't know, 100, 200 people in it, a, a good size brewery right down the street is a pizza place with a nano brewery called I believe it's called Good Life or Wildlife Brewing. It's a they make pizza and they make, and they serve their beer right there and they serve it at the bar down the street in in Victor. That place is like a retirement, you know, some guy put his retirement in there. He says, "Hey, you know what? I love brewing beer. I'm going to go ahead and open this pizza place, which they make good pizza too, and they make fantastic beer that you won't get anywhere else outside of Victor, Idaho." And that says a lot, like John said, that if you find your niche, that you can go and you can serve the beer to the people that are in that area, that that work, you know, travel through that area that you know, you know, you're going to get business, you'll survive. You don't have those big, giant uh, aspirations to be the next Lagunitas that's expanding to three breweries and, you know, going to, you know, soon be making two million barrels a year. Uh, so you're right. I think those, if you have that type of thing, but I think breweries that just jump in in the wrong area, I, I, I'm telling you, I think the Boise area is a great area to have local beer, but you have to have good beer that bring people in because there's so many good breweries already here. You're going to get, you're just going to be muffled out. You know, if I, I don't like what I taste, I'm not coming back. I have better choices. So yeah, pick pick your location and you'll survive and have a good good game plan. Don't try to to get too big too too soon. So. I think quality is going to trump pretty much everything moving forward. There's just too much good stuff out there yeah, now. Yeah. You know, unlike the bubble that every in the 90s that everybody keeps referencing which yeah. was just a lot of venture capitalists thinking there was money in beer, which is not. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, um, now there's money in apple cider, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah i think uh, the other thing this article mentioned is that the reason why the growth is is going so high is that more americans are discovering the the enjoyment of being able to get fresh beer in your local neighborhood brewery and that is is nice i have to admit that if you know i just like i i mentioned at the beginning of the show i dropped my wife off at the mall I head back home, and uh, right down the street f- is the brewery. I stop in, I get three beers and some lunch that was fantastic, and now, you know, I got my little hit for the day, and I feel pretty good, and I enjoy that capability. And I think a lot of Americans are also enjoying that. There's a, you know, they're they're appreciating what you know what they can get in their local neighborhood. So. Yeah, the eat local and you know support local movement that's been going on certainly helped craft beer a ton. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was a, a good article. It's always good to hear that uh, craft beer is doing well. So let's keep up the good the good work. 
All right. The, the, the last article we have for you tonight is, uh, is an article from the Home Brewers Association. And this one is, uh, how do you say that? Zymergies? Zymergy. Zymergy's 2015 Best Beers in America Results. And uh, this, is, uh, this was published on June 18th, a little bit old. This is from our buddy David Yojimbo 2000. He gave us to us uh, over a month ago, almost two months ago. <laughs> Uh, a little bit, a little bit late in uh, in getting to it, but hey, we're covering it now. So let's just see how America, uh, the people who actually read Zymergy, whatever uh, magazine, it's not me, obviously, because I don't even know how to say it. It's you, <laughs> okay, okay. Let's yeah. see, let's see how John voted. Uh, as as I, a, I didn't vote, I was oh. a bad uh, member of a democracy. Oh my this, gosh! Okay, so. all right. Well, let's see how everyone except John. Voted uh, their 20 favorite beers that are commercially available in the United States. Now, you know, commercially is, is I think, is kind of uh, misleading. I mean, yeah, you can buy it off the shelf, but can you really get all these beers, you know, everywhere in a, in a nationwide? Uh, it's, it's a little bit risky, but, hey, we'll, we'll go ahead and see, see what it goes. But uh, they say they've tallied, tallied the votes, and here are the results for the 2015 Best Beers in America survey and starting off with number one you know we might as well start with number one I don't want to go down to the bottom of the list let's go number one <laughs> is from Santa Rosa California Russian Rivers Elder or the Pliny <laughs> the Elder <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's uh, was no shock I think John you knew that was going to be the winner before even seeing the list right uh, well, it's been the winner on this particular poll for the last six or seven years. So, yeah, it would have been smart money to put it down uh, okay. as number one. Okay. So. Okay. So you've had that. I've had that. I agree. Um, it is probably my favorite double IPA. So, uh, yeah, again, it all bases on you know how you rate your beers and – uh, I rate my beers by style, and I, I need to really come up with my my top at least ten beers overall across all styles. Uh, I don't know how I would, you know, if this would be my number one overall. I'd have to really think about all the beers I've had and to kind of do that. How about you, John? Do you think that Pliny the Elder, in your opinion, is your number one favorite beer of all time? No. Okay. Uh, flat out no. Okay. So uh, I have had uh, other double IPAs locally that I think best that beer. I okay. think um, it's – and that's not to take away from Pliny the Elder. It is a very good beer, and I think it gets a lot of credit for being distributed just enough that a lot of people know about it but mm-hmm. can't get it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of that, you know, um, the the, you know, a mystique um, behind uh, the scarcity of this beer uh, that that people you know really go for. Yeah. So okay. All right. Well, so number two on the list again, another beer, John, that you have had. It's Bell's Two Hearted Ale. We already mentioned that earlier from from Bell Brewing out of Michigan. So uh, wow. Yes. You you think that's a, a worthy candidate for number two? Uh yeah, another. I mean, look, candidate for being among the beers discussed for this kind of a list. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, well, uh, you know, this is going to be really subjective for for any particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, would I put it at number two? Probably not. Does it has have a chance to crack my top ten? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, solid beer. I mean, I, you can't really argue with it being on the list. I'll okay. say that. Okay. So. All right. Well, number three, uh, Ballast Point Sculpin IPA from San Diego, California. Uh, again, I've I've had all I've had. The first one and this one. I haven't had the Bells too hard yet, but uh, Ballast Point Sculpin IPA is a fantastic IPA. Uh, I I think it deserves to be uh, on a list. You think uh, in the top five, John? Uh, or... No, probably not. Okay. Okay. Top 10? Mm, probably not. Wow. Top 20? Uh, see, uh, the Grapefruit Sculpin... Yeah. It's further down this list, and I would put it above this beer, I think. I, I think so, too. I really enjoy the grapefruit Sculpin, too. But I, I like the Sculpin, and I like the grapefruit both. But you're right. I think that for me, because you and I like similar uh, IPAs, I, I, I agree the grapefruit's probably better. You know, i I got to leave space in my top ten for my Fremont beers. But That's which true. Aren't on this list, <laughs> yeah, not one, knows yeah, not one <laughs> not one Fremont beer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um the, the Stone Enjoy by IPA is number four. Uh amazing that the top four beers rated by America that read that magazine that actually voted. So it could have only been like fifty people that uh, participated. <laughs> they, didn't say, they didn't say how many people, so I don't know you know, how many people actually voted, but the top four are IPAs or double IPAs. That's, uh, that shows you the, that a lot of Americans really like their IPAs and that ranked them the top, you know, top four beers. Uh, surprising. But here's a surprise. We finally break the IPA and we go for a stout, and it's Founders Breakfast Stout. What do you think about that as number five? A very solid beer. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. solid. But um, and I'm I'm surprised that the Kentucky Breakfast Stout was lower on the list than this one. Yeah. I thought people would have put that one higher. You know, partly just from the the scarcity thing that you get with Pliny. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's got that extra bit of cachet for it. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I um, I actually enjoy that breakfast. I can't get it in Boise. I only get it when I travel east to the East Coast. Uh, it's good. Um, honestly, though, I I think that the Russian Imperial Stout is I would have rated that higher than the Breakfast Stout. I really like their Russian Imperial Stout. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rate that one as high. But I wonder if because the Breakfast Stout is so much more available, maybe a lot more people. Uh, you know, can drink it and and give it on their top twenty list. So maybe that's part of it too. It's definitely a lot more known, yeah, than, than the other. But uh, either way, if you do end up in Grand Rapids, you definitely need to go to Founders. They've got a great setup there. Even if you're there in the winter, you can sit on the patio because it's completely heated and everything mm-hmm. else, and like, really nice. So. Nice. All right, we need to make a trip there too okay yeah. all right how about the <laughs> alchemist heady topper i have not had the heady topper have you had the heady topper this is the first uh beer on the list that i have not had okay. um but i might have a chance soon okay um just put that out i don't know yet i have friends that are back they managed to get their hands on some they said if they get enough they bring it back i don't know if they did yet so um i may get to drink it very soon okay well good uh, but uh, a little spoiler 
from here, you have to get into the 30s before I haven't had it something else. Wow. So. Damn, you're good. You're good. All right. How about number seven is the Bell's Hop Slam L. Um, I, I, I had it when I was in Israel, and I think I had an older can of it that just uh, didn't didn't come across very very good to yeah, me. Yeah, your description of it did not jive with my experience whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to guess that, that that had some some age or forced age on yeah. it from the travel okay. over there. So All right. Uh, number eight, Three Floyd's Zombie Dust. Another one of those beers that's hard to get, hard to come by. But you've had that, huh, John? Yes. Yeah, I've had this a couple times. Really solid. Um, yeah, definitely pick it up if you're able to find it. Okay. So. All right. See, see, we're still, we're we're basically that's another IPA, right? Or double IPA is the zombie dust. Uh, for some reason, in my head, I thought that might have been categorized as a pale. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you know what? It might. I, be. I could. I could be wrong. Yeah, it might be a pale. It might be a pale. All right. The Dogfish Head Ninety Minute IPA. Now, uh, for me, this is way too high. Way too high on the list. What do you think, John? Is the is the ninety minute IPA from Dogfish Head uh, a number nine? Uh, no, but if you'll notice of a lot of the, I mean, it's the first real East Coast um, represented brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Bell's is has had a couple on here for their IPAs, but they're you know Midwest, so I mean, still Eastern part of the country, but first real East Coast brewery. That uh, probably a lot more people can get their hands on out there. True, true. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Which surprised me for the number ten, Firestone Walker's Wookie Jack. Yeah, this one completely shocked me. Yeah. Um, I, I really like this beer, but uh, I'm amazed that on a list like this, it was able to get into the top ten. Yeah, me too. So. I, I also enjoy it, but I don't think it would have been in my top ten or even my top twenty. Um, but that's just my own my own thing. Here's one that would be in my top 20. Uh, the Deschutes Brewery uh, Fresh Squeezed IPA. Um, I'm, I'm also surprised this one is as high as it is nationwide. Uh, maybe only because uh, they've started distributing more towards the east. I know Ohio is a, you know, just recently got Deschutes uh, available. So maybe the, the recency of, of them coming out east and, and getting more uh, exposure has helped them raise you know, raise this up to a number 11. Yeah. I, um, I like this beer. I don't know if it would make my top 20 though. Um, solid beer, but I've got a lot of things, you know, I guess the the hard part of this li- kind of list is, I mean, am I going to make a list of things that I can actually get or might make a list of things I've had that are never going to come back, you know? Um, cause there's probably some one-offs and things that I've had that would trump a lot of these beers, but, you know, you'll never have again kind of mentality. I don't know. Okay. All right. So, so. all right. So we have a tie for 12, three-way tie. Um, left-hand milk stout on nitro, two Sierra beers, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Um, none of those would be in my top 20. How about you, John? No. I mean, I, I'll pick up the Sierra Pale all the time, but just to drink it, but yeah, it wouldn't be a, uh, you know, top 20 beer for me, Okay, but it'd be a, I'd keep it in my fridge all the time beer, which yeah. probably could land. I mean, some would argue maybe it should be in that list then, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's no. So, I mean, there's beers that I, 
you know, I always have a six pack or two of beers. I just want to drink when I want to drink some beers, right? It doesn't mean that they're special. It means, hey, this is what I feel like drinking now. I'll just drink them now. Yeah, but a good, really good beer at a great price point. Yeah, and, you know, okay. and uh, could give it a couple points. Yeah, you know, okay. I'm cheap. Okay, <laughs> all right. How, how about for fifteen? Uh, we got the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, one of those beers that. Uh, is now maybe being distributed more uh, easily, but still hard to come by. Um, so this this is I'm sh- I'm surprised that the first bourbon barrel aged beer is at fifteen. <laughs> um, just because if you look at anything that race beers, you know double IPAs, uh, bourbon barrel aged anything, imperial stout, you know, but there are certain styles that just tend to have their ratings inflated by full point on a five point scale relative to everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things. And I'm, I'm surprised that there weren't others that, you know, something cracked the top 10, Yeah, you know, but it was, that was a surprise to me. Okay. All right. Well, 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 no surprise to you is Russian river blind pig IPA at 16. Uh, Again, one that's not easily available to most of the people in the United States, but, uh, is a good beer if you are visiting the San Francisco area and you make it up north to Santa Rosa. Uh, another one, th- we have two tied for 17. We have Stone's Arrogant Bastard Ale, which um, is is one dear, near and dear to my heart. I, I drink that beer uh, quite a bit. I really enjoy it. Uh, and also Founders KBS. Uh, and uh, again, KBS is one that you have to be in the area and you have to have some miracle happen for you to get you know, get uh, any amount of it. Uh, you know, again, I've never had uh, Founders KBS, but uh, it sounds good. Maybe one day one of our listeners will send it to me. <laughs> it it is good, and again, I'm I'm surprised that it landed on the list lower than Breakfast Stout, but it could just be the number of people that have actually had their hands on it or or something um, is is small enough that. It, it moved it down the list. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to, we're going to stop it at these last two because this will equal 20 top 20 beers and they're both from Russian river and I've had them both. Uh, the, the number 19 is the Russian river consecration. Uh, and that would be, I love that beer. That, uh, that beer is, was like heaven in a bottle. Uh, especially when you age it an extra 18 months. It's just incredible. Uh, and the other one is Russian River Supplication, which is another good one. I really enjoy uh, the Russian River Sour uh, collection. Uh, how about you, John? Would you rate these uh, in the top 20 of your... Oh, these would definitely be up uh, in strong consideration for a list like this for me. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, they, they do great stuff. They're... Their barrel program is uh, incredible, so um, I, I would take anything that they that they that came out of their barrels. So okay, uh, definite, definite for me. Excellent. All right. Well, that's the top twenty. This, this list goes all the way to I think fifty or close to fifty. I don't know. But we're not going to go through it all. It just kind of drags on. But I will tell you this. The first Lagunitas beer that comes in the list is at number 30 with the Lagunitas IPA, which 
that really kind of is kind of to me a slap in the face because man, Lagunitas makes so many good beers that I would say are definitely above the thirty rank in overall you know enjoyment. I I was just shocked at that. Yes, they have three on the list: the IPA, the little something something, which is thirty-two, and then the logging just sucks. sucks. Clocks in at forty-five. Yeah. So yeah, the brown sugar's not on there. Their cappuccino stout's not on there. Their uh, I don't know. I can list a I I can list them all day. But man, I'm just surprised that Lagunitas didn't get more love. Uh, it, it's my all-time favorite brewery. So. You know, of course, I'm going to rate them higher than everyone else. Well, still landing three on the list, put them at number eight in the uh, brewery rankings. So, oh, uh, they're still top ten. Okay, you know. all right. Well, that works then. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, you know what, John? Uh, we're getting kind of long in the show. We want to try to keep this down to a reasonable amount of time for our listeners, so we don't, uh, you know, get, get it dragged on too much. But before we go. Is there anyone you'd like to raise your glass, give a toast to? Uh, yeah. So uh, you mentioned with the the last article that uh, Dave Adio Jimbo two thousand has been sending us uh, news for quite a while, and you know we like to just ramble. And with news being at the end of the show, <laughs> we tend to skip it. I think we even apologized last episode <laughs> for not getting to it, and uh, you know. So to David, yes, we see all of your articles, we read your articles, and we want to get them in. Uh, we're just blabbermouths. So thank you for sending them in, and please continue to do so, and we'll hopefully do a better job of actually uh, working them in at a reasonable amount of time. So yeah. Uh, so here's to David, and, and thanks for for all the the articles and things he sends us. So yes. All right, is that it? Anything else? Uh, that's it, because I'm going to jump in on one of yours. So Okay. All right. Well, I want to uh, – first first and foremost, we've got to thank Robert, TPS Sponge, for putting on the second uh, Beer Fest Mania event on the PS4. We had our Rocket League Beer Fest that happened uh, uh, on the 8th of August. And, man, what a fantastic time. We had uh, four-on-four uh, with some great people and some fun times. We played for four hours, I think. Uh, and just just drank some beers, chatted, had a good time. So I need to lift my glass to Robert for putting that event on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I had never played the game before. But uh, I, yeah, I'll definitely be trying to play more often as my busy schedule allows. But it was a great time with a lot of great folks. So yes. Thank you, Robert. Yes, and and also just another shout out to and 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 a beer toast to Robert is that he bought us some beers, John. He bought us two oh, yeah. two beers apiece <laughs> at McLeod Ales, and uh, we need to make it down there so we can go, uh, you know, hit him up on those two beers that he bought for us. Uh, hey, I got to raise my glass to that. Thank you, Robert, for that generous, uh, you know, generous uh, beer purchase for us. So yeah, I got to make make use of it. I can't let it just sit there. Absolutely, we need to do a uh, tap the craft field trip. Yes, so. yes, <laughs> and uh, some I. We, we had a couple people leave some iTunes reviews in the last uh, couple weeks. We had Jason Lacey from the FlexPose podcast. He left a, a iTunes review. Thank you, Jason. And also Nathan from the That's Entertaining podcast left us an iTunes review. So I really want to say thank you, and we really appreciate that. And while I'm on the subject, hey, we are running a contest. You have until August 30th to leave us an iTunes review, and you'll be entered in to win one of two 
a little prize packs we have from the Shoots Brewery, which includes a couple uh, coasters, a couple stickers, and a little tasting glass, and a very nice bottle opener keychain, and a nice little gift wrap bag. I have two of those to give away to two lucky winners. Uh, just go leave an iTunes review, and you're automatically entered. So uh, hurry up, go do it. Anything else, John? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Thank okay. you guys for the reviews and keep sending them in. All right. Well, I also need to lift my glass, uh, do a little toast to Open Forum Radio uh, Network for supporting the show and provi- providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com. Uh, there's a lot of great podcasts out there on on our network. Go to openforumradio.com and check it out and listen to some other uh, gaming and entertainment podcasts. Uh, I think you'll be... Uh, thoroughly enjoyed with what you hear. Uh, also, I don't uh, ever miss uh, raising my glass to my fellow servicemen and women out there uh, protecting our freedoms, allowing John and I to get on the mic every two weeks and talk about beer and uh, you know get, getting the, the word out. I really appreciate all your service and your commitment to our freedoms, and I want you to return home uh, very soon and safe. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft or leave comments on the show post at openforumradio.com or on Google+. Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw and on Google+, Plus at Denny Loose. And John, how can listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, uh, Untapped Prime WA, and if you want to read about my frustrations with brewing, uh, homebrewengineer.com. All right. Yeah. I can't wait for that next article. Sounds very, very good. All right, John. Well, it's last call. It's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to this show, and we hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe on the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio, or whatever, however you find our show on the interwebs. Uh, And just as a reminder, we are a bi-weekly show. We release a show every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com. Links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. 
full of useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.